Welcome to the Feel Better Make It podcast. Real life, real women, no shame. We take it from drop it like it's hot to I can't get off the toilet. In this podcast, we tackle questions about real issues women have to face with their body, life, love, and their career. Every week, Dr. Letitia and Dr. Jennifer, both physical therapists and business owners, will share from their life experiences and expertise on their journey to feeling better naked. Join us as we ask the questions you've never asked and have fun while doing it. Hey, y'all. Welcome to our new episode about being a mom is hard. Um, Dr. Letitia and I are going to be talking today about how being a mom is hard. Dr. Letitia, how is, what's new? How are you doing? Hey, happy to be here. How you doing, girl? I'm good, um, I'm good. You know, all things, it's going, you know, repression towards the end of the year. So really trying to get some things prepped, looking at Christmas time. I don't know about your kids. They may have some little wish lists going on. So I always had my son do, I call it a Christmas wish list because just because it's on there, doesn't mean you're about to get it. <laughs> so have him fill out is, and it always surprised me every time he has random stuff on this list. Like this year he has a personal fan. He always has a big fan that he sleeps with right next to the bed, no matter what time of the year. So on this year, he wrote down that he wants a personal fan. So I guess he wants to now carry a fan around with him. That's on the list. It's randomness. He's 12 years old. He always has weird stuff on there. And of course, one thing is a laptop too. So yeah. So yeah, you get a laptop, then yeah, the next gift is a personal fan because yeah. a laptop is expensive. <laughs> That's the only thing you'll be getting is a laptop in that personal fan. There we go. <laughs> That's right. What about you? Um, so to, we're, we're all planning for the holidays. We're going to actually, um, we went to Florida for Thanksgiving and uh, this is going to be staying local here. All of our family lives in the Midwest, so we don't usually get to see them. But my kids with these gifts, they get that Amazon catalog in the mail and then they cut out all the pictures and paste them and say, this is what, and there's like 20 items. Um, so we usually are like the same wish list. This is the one thing. There's the one thing that you would want. Which one would it be? And they're all random Amazon toys that, that comes in that catalog. So I'm really excited to be talking to you today about our fun topic and one that we both can relate to quite a bit. Yeah, definitely when it comes to um, trying to do all the things and the different roles and responsibilities that are put on us as women. And this is just not even, um, even if you don't have children, you can be, you know, it could be spouse, it could be family members, it could be just society in a whole thinking like, okay, yep, we're supposed to be, you're supposed to fill this role. You're supposed to be able to do all the things and do them well and not break a sweat. And then we put those challenges actually on ourselves and we beat ourselves up when we're not successful at all the things. So we've had those things like, hey, you're supposed to do it all and be great at it mindset. You know, most of us are like holding on by a wing and a prayer and we don't realize when it comes to uh, trying to trying to balance things. So I know with both of us being, you know, wives, mothers, business owners, we try to juggle a lot of things, you know, on our on our plates. And we were just kind of discussing before we hit record there talking about 
like different scenarios of what, you know, what husbands, what goes there through their mind, what are they thinking? They could be thinking about just one thing or really nothing at all. And we're thinking about all the things. What's the, what are we cooking for dinner today and tomorrow? What's on the grocery, I need to put on the grocery list. Who do I need to pick up to go this there? Oh, and by the way, I have this business. What do I need to do with being able to make sure my business is successful as well as the household? What do you, <laughs> is, are you in that same boat kind of, you know, trying to do all the things like I am? Yeah, so I am in the same boat as you. I've got these, um, you know, four kids that I'm juggling and, um, you know, getting pregnant with the twins. When I got pregnant with them, I'm like, what? I've always loved being a physical therapist and thought, how am I going to, how am I going to do all of this? And it's not like anyone was putting this expectation on me as a mom to do all the things. It was so deeply ingrained that I've got to be like this A-plus mom. And then now I'm going to start a business and it's got to be so successful. I almost got stuck and frozen. Oh, gosh, is this business going to fail? Can I, can I do it all? Um, and so uh, it's not always easy. Um, and it's been a definite big journey on me to really realize that I don't have to be a plus at everything. 80% is good enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's hard to, uh, to do that, but I think it's even the, some of the perceptions that began obviously before we were born and looking into, you know, parents errors and, and above on, you know, what this, this perfect wife should look like, you know, you're supposed to be learn knowing how to do all the things, cooking all the perfect meals, having that dessert ready, cooking, you know, the, the images on TV, you know, the 1950s mom or where you're like, oh yes, I'm here in my cute dress and my heels and the apron. I'm just smiling as I, you know, cook and clean all day long. Yep. Yep. And when my husband gets in there at 530 by 542. That meal dinner's gotta be on the table. We gotta hand him his beer, let him just relax in his easy chair and I tend to the kids and just ho hum ho. Yes. <laughs> um and that's something that I, I heard on a, a long time ago. Betty Friedman is someone who um is a feminist, but she wrote a lot about the housewife and really was about equality with of, of men and women. And um the big quote that stuck out to me was the problem that has no name. And that's that 1950s housewife who, you know, by the 1950s, we now had appliances, we had grocery stores, we had stoves. And so these moms are just filling time, housework with the time that they had available and which could be a lot of time. And they were safe. They're in these nice suburbs. We weren't worrying about crime but the whole nor disease right because we're now having spread out homes and and so betty friedman was referring to you know polio and smallpox was replaced with things like depression and alcoholism as these women just um i, I don't know if you know and this is not something dr Letitia and i were saying like if you're staying home with your children and it's something that is fulfilling to our podcast there's no shame like we're all different but but being a mom who's got to juggle it all, and if you decide to work outside of the home and you're still trying to have this, like, I've got to do all of the things at home and, and be successful in my career, it's, it's just a lot. I know, Dr. Letitia, you were talking about, um, we were discussing before we got on here that, you know, if you are getting dinner on the table and getting all the housework done, then you kind of have this 
then it's okay to go ahead and work. I wanted to hear what, how you said oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those things, you know, like probably was ingrained. There was other, obviously, the suburban health pipe is obviously a different plight when it comes to different, um, you know, ethnic backgrounds. Like you're talking about African-American women, you're talking about all different other, you know, cultures that, yeah, that was not necessarily the super duper norm. Still, you were still having to do things where you were, uh, the role, the the role that was assigned is you take care of the kids, you take care of the house. That was a very, you know, crucial role there, but it was still like, you know, when you look at some of the things that we're seeing, it's like, guess what? Well, you know, you being at home, cleaning the house and doing the kids, that's not enough for you. You know, why, why did you need to work? You know, or do you have, or even men or others thinking that women didn't have the capacity to do some other, to do some of the jobs or just not educate women, just not really smart enough to be able to do that. Your role's at home, you know, you're now you're kind of come up here and play with the big boys and try to do this. So even all of those uh, things that pop up and start talking about equality and pay and all of those cycles that begin to come up. And then once it was like, okay, well you can work, but guess what? You still got to do all the things at, <laughs> at, at home. Long yeah. as you can work, long as your little job quotation, long as your little job doesn't take away from home, yeah. you're good to go. So you better still work, be on point at work, then come home, have everything ready, cook, clean kids and it we're, we're good as long as that's good and it's i i feel like this is something i've very much still struggle with like i i want them to have this perfect bedtime routine and my kids just for reference are 10 8 my twins are 5 so yes i'm still reading to the twins but see i'm coming home from the clinic uh, i love to cook so i'm i'm and eat healthy so i'm making the food and finally the kids are helping me clean but it's like I still want to sit with them and read with them and it's so it's again it's not that someone's putting that expectation on me it's almost like I I want to do it but I it's like that a plus mentality like mm -hmm. if I'm not then they're gonna miss out because I was at work all day like last night I worked till six yeah so. yeah is that and that's something that's kind of got either ingrained in us some that we seen either with um other women in our life or other circumstances where we're like hey i see so and so and knew this i don't want to be that way so now i have to be supercharged and yeah. and feel like that you have to make up for something or yeah. you know because when like most time when people say like with kids they will not remember like the every single night of something small like that mm -hmm. they remember that you were present and that you were there and supportive but if you had five, you know, 250 nights you were at home and then the one night you're not at home, you're beating up yourself because you didn't do the, the you know, the, <laughs> the nighttime routine. Yeah. It's more that we put on ourselves more than our children or someone being affected mm -hmm. by that. And I don't know how to, how to shape that. Sometimes it's just kind of in you because I know I'm like, hey, I'm going to do this, this, and this. Then I find myself like, guess what? My self-care time has been now, it's not, it's all about pull, pushing everything out of myself and not being able to get some things that are just for me and start feeling those, you know, breakdowns and, and health that occur. Yeah. I, um, Hey, working with my therapist, she used this term, you need some buffer time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Buffering. I'm just buffering. And what, you know, rec just sitting in the parking lot, pulling up in your driveway and maybe taking five or 10 minutes just to breathe. 
but you know, being a working mom, you jump right into this role and women can multitask very well and we do it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's that buffer time I've been trying to work on, (laughs) but it's, it, it's definitely, it's ingrained, it's society, it's friends, it's moms, our moms, um, or who knows, I think a lot of it, but just knowing that these expectations, there is no standard of a perfect mom. There really is no standard. And I think also the, the harder part in American culture, what we've shifted to when we have our new baby, and let's just talk about having that newborn at home, you, mm. you know, everyone's coming to dote on the baby, like, oh, baby's so precious. And then here's mom. Culturally, we used to take care of mom a little bit better, but here's mom just sitting over here and it's, it's all about the industry marketings to these babies, like all these products. And then uh, what's going on with mom? Like, does she have food? Is it just some lasagna that like, is she getting the food that she really wants? <laughs> you know, and they bake those meals and people just bring it. So I'm, you know, in the clinic, when I work with clients that are pregnant, I start them postpartum planning. Okay. How do you need support now? So that postpartum, because we have to advocate for ourselves in our culture. Because if you don't ask for help, People just feel like you got it. You're good. They got it. And I think a lot of our culture, like both of us are, I'm a millennial, the first year. (laughs) So, but I hear a lot of my clients say that around my age or younger, like my parents, you know, my mom said she didn't have help. So why do I need help? Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Because I still think if a, you know, a lot of parents would have capacity when I had my son, Obviously, my I was able to stay at my parents' house. My mom was able to help out, have some, you know, have some, have a few meals, have some things for baby, and have support. So I definitely still think there's people still having where they have a loved one or mother or something still with some kind of support. But sometimes that's just a short term deal. It's like you get through that little, ooh, little touchy first week or two or something, and then it's like whoop, back into the fire, and then it's 100% baby, 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 and like you said, mom gets lost in that and they could be on the struggle bus and nobody knows the baby's fine but mom is over here struggling because there's expected that they're supposed to handle all the things and that's even if you do have supportive spouse that's not saying anything about spouses or husbands or anything like that but the majority and the load is put on the mom the mom is the feeder she has the breasts (laughs) she has the you know the the consoling the mom is going to be called upon you know, to do things that obviously the, uh, the other roles can't do. And that's just something that, you know, you end up having ingrained in yourself too, that you want to be the best that you can. There's definitely no manual for motherhood. It's just no. out there winging it. Yeah. And you feel like you do, you, you do what you feel is the best thing that you can. Yeah. You know, I do want to talk about in this, uh, will be a, of course, a future episode is postpartum care, but it's not that your spouse or partner is not helpful, or maybe your mom's not helpful. It's that our system, it's systemic that six weeks postpartum, mom, you're supposed to like be regular, normal, all back to normal. And meanwhile, you'll, whether you're formula feeding or breastfeeding, you are sleep deprived. And so I'm a true believer that a lot of illness and disease can really start when that postpartum depletion phase, because then we never really recover. Then we just keep pushing on um, and pushing forward. And and so just think about baby gets 12 visits in the first year of their life. Mom maybe gets one doctor visit if she ends up going. 
um, to that visit postpartum too. So I think starting a mom sometimes, if it's not supported, and there's different phases of motherhood, whether you end up staying home and, and homeschooling, because a homeschool mom, we're not talking about that right now, but I've had the opportunity to, to help some homeschool moms, and that's a job. Yeah, that, that is, is not, yeah. Like, no doubt easy. about it. Yeah, that no doubt job. about it. And then you're doing yeah. all the other home things. So, so yeah. Yeah, well, that that was something interesting. You just said that, and it didn't even click that all of the baby visits in that first year, and then the mom visit is just that six week checkup. You're you're clear the six week. You're cleared to exercise. You know, you're, you're magically your body has popped back after nine months of of carrying this weight in front of your body, <laughs> and all your whole mindset shift. Your body changed in all the different ways and never returns back to. But you get one visit for them to tell you, you can do anything you want to do, which is not that, which is not the case. It's not safe at that point. And there's no way every mom is so different at different levels. There's no way that someone at six weeks um, is like, all right, go back to the gym, go back to doing her thing. Oh yeah. You, you know, go on back to work, go on and do all the things you're good. Yeah. And, and never and follow up after that. And then you don't know what's normal and what's not. Yeah. You could be seen the images portrayed on social media or other moms, you know, they seem like they were just fine at that point. So why am I not just fine? Yeah. Oh, this is definitely something we're going to go more <laughs> in depth on, but you just talk about motherhood starts that way, right? Now we have these expectations from social media that, and it's, it's fine to be happy on these posts, but it, and when you're feeling bad, it's hard to be like, let me take a picture of feeling bad. Um, it's hard to pull your phone out then and, and, and show those moments. And I know people try, but then you're looking on social media and it becomes this comparative, like, like you just said, Dr. Letitia, what, they look so happy and they look, they lost all their weight or because that picture happens to make them look skinny or toned or whatever, or have that big, and all the curves that's supposed to be there. But, you know, I think that, you know, starting out motherhood in, in this society, and, and we'll talk about there is no paid maternity leave. And for small business owners like myself and you, for our employees, I, I can't, I can't financially pay for someone on postpartum leave. And I know that there's some, some changes for um, this paid leave for moms, maternity leave here in our country. But I'm hoping we move towards that direction for small businesses that we can, or other businesses can pay and help these moms recover at least those three months postpartum, not six yeah. weeks. In most of us, you know, there's not paid maternity leave in this country. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. It still, it still continues to generate that gap that women are either less than or not equal because that's just on them. If they decide to have a baby, that's on them. Let's <laughs> yeah, not worry about like, humanity and, and that we Yeah, can yeah, yeah that's on them. So we don't have to pay them if they decide. You know, that's not a you know a health condition that should be covered. If they decide to do it, then that's on them. And then have things changed during that time that you've been at, you know, been you gotta take whatever the FMLA and all of a sudden do three months when you're gone. And now you try to return back already struggling with motherhood being sleep derived and come back. But guess what? The some of the opportunities are now passed if you're in a role where you're in a, you know, a corporate type world where having opportunities, being in front of people, making the right connections is a key, which is always going to be a key definitely for, for women just trying to get into those roles and definitely trying to get into the C-suite and things like that. But you're setting as an advantage because you're, 
now you've been away for three months. Oh, you've kind of lost a foot in the game. Yeah. On top of you're already being paid under and you're still trying to struggle, trying to be a mom. And, you know, if you have some um, things with being separated from your child and then trying to get back in the work. So the load of work piling on you on top of being, being torn with the, with the new child. Yeah. I, I really like how you mentioned that it's kind of like this setback. Um, and it's, it's just unfortunate that this is happening. Like that's on you <laughs> type of a thing. And, and so meanwhile, mom's okay. I gotta go back. I have to go back to work at eight weeks because I'm just going to lose, lose that job or I, I need to keep that promotion. And, and so now we've got the pumping. If you, if you decide to breastfeed, uh, now I've got this, now there's, um, these, pumps that are just attached right to into the bra and you don't have wires <laughs> you can be up lecturing and there you go you're just getting <laughs> breast milk coming down and and you know I, I think also when you were talking about this I remember when I got pregnant with my first child and I knew I was going to come back part-time and had said it to a colleague I'm not sure what I'm going to end up doing and uh, my boss brought me in because he heard that I talked to someone else and not him first. And he said to me, you know, I don't have to give you the full FMLA time. And uh, wow. so it was like this warning of you're not, you know, you're not talking. It was kind of this power over mm -hmm. mentality. And it was, um, yeah, it was just unfortunate. And I think that whole time being pregnant, it was, it was just kind of, uh, we could go on this tangent of what is my opinion even valued as much, yes. um, not even being pregnant, just being a woman when I bring up, um, I'm, you know, I was in an orthopedic setting and um, pursuing some of these certifications. And so I would say something and my male colleague would say it and never like, oh yeah, when he said it. But when I said it, it was like, like air. I don't really, nothing, silence. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you've yeah. had some of those yeah that's crazy yeah yeah for those situations like you you think that okay you know that's what you know we see we saw that portrayed on a tv show so that's just something that just happens on tv yeah. or not well you know obviously they're getting some of these stories and plans from tv shows based on real life occurrences that have helped <laughs> you know somebody's experience that's why they've turned it on to now make it more a commercialized deal but those are some of the things that you know popping up all the time that you have to deal with you know just like if you're trying to think with within the profession of you know physical therapy you know how many women off the top of their head are known as significant leaders in the practice that's coming up with research that's people are going to go see speak people that are going on and how many women are in the actual profession way more women than men yes maybe at this point but how many women are forefront in their profession like even myself if seeing people that look like me as a physical therapist i have i was practicing and i had met one black female physical therapist within my state <laughs> and within my state i don't think i knew um i think i met a one other maybe two in the time that i've been practicing in indiana and then as far as male black male physical therapists in um indiana that i've been aware of or indianapolis area i don't recall mm. so you know when you look yeah, at that's a, professions that's a different, and that's different, a different. Like, that's like yeah we could go to another conversation on that too but yes. even going past the the time of 
um, those initial years where you have to be, you know, you're 100% someone is relying on you for, you know, for children as they're getting, start getting older. Cause now I have, I have, have older children. Our oldest is 21, um, 20, and then 12. So we're in different, obviously we're in different life cycles as far as kids mm-hmm. um, are going and the different changes in demand as they get older, they become more independent, but that doesn't mean they need you any less but yeah. they're able to do more things where you don't have to be a hundred percent on them. So even the transition from kids graduating from high school and people pushing towards that are empty nesters now, that whole shift too. And like, man, I don't, I'm not, don't have to the same demands or someone's not relying on me. And you even make that shift between mom, like, man, you know, I'm, I, I need something to do. It's always been so wrapped up in the kids, this and the kids that, and everything revolved around their events and everything that they're doing. And you can lose some of that stuff with being, um, especially if you're married, of being a wife or being even a person in the community, being able to do things in the community, have outside sources where you're having some friends and it's not just all about the mom title for your whole yeah. life. Yeah. And it's, it's different. Everyone has different personalities. Everyone's different in their journey as a mom. And and we all go through that, but it's, it's, yeah, you're all wrapped up in, in what they're doing. Um, but it's also the fact of like, now what's happened to your health and wellness through that time of not getting self-care because now we've gone decades of kind of pushing through and your body's very resilient. It is not invincible. And so now we're, now we're perimenopause or menopausal. Um, and so now we have these other things, but you're, once you're mom, you're always a mom. Once you're postpartum, you're always postpartum and your kids will always need you. And, um, both of us, we are mothers. Um, and I think e- even if I had had the help, and this is one big point, I don't know that I knew how to ask for it. And that's what I've been kind of coming back on. And my husband and I talked as we pushed through our twins, cause I breastfed them for 20 months. You are um, a soldier. You are a soldier. I don't know. I wasn't, you know, I was an athlete and I think I, I am an athlete. So I had that athlete meant like, I'm going to keep pushing through, but, and it, and it worked out, but I think my husband and I've had a lot of conversations on if I would have known, he just didn't know how to help. And I didn't know how to ask. And yeah. uh, could I've asked more neighbors. I think there's a lot of willing people and people that care about you, but it's again, going back to this, that 1950s mentality, that, they just generationally gets pushed through and we're observing other women and we're hearing language from our female teachers. And, and yeah. so it's just kind of, and, and then we've got social media and we've had television shows that you and I, you know, grew up watching um, these TV shows. What is that? The Crosby, Cosby, Crosby. Yeah, the Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> and that, well, that was a whole different shift, the Cosby show, because you had a professional family, you know, that was showing that there was a, you know, that in, more there's more the black families than the struggle black family or the drug infested or the jail or that that was showing two professionals within a lawyer and a doctor mm-hmm. in a suburban family so that shifted kind of things like that was kind of the first thing as far as i know on tv seeing other people that look like you that hey you could be more you could have the house you can have family you can be doing these things and still be mom um and still be wife and have cha- different challenges that you have and that you were seeing more on equal playing field, even though obviously you still had the mom role. She still had to, Claire Huxtable, she was the bomb. She still had to do all the things. She was lowering, she was having the kids. I can't remember. She seemed really happy most of the time though. Yeah. <laughs> there exactly. were a lot of tears. She was still doing it, but that was positive, you know, that was showing yeah. a positive 
a female role model on TV yeah. that was able to do these things. You know, yeah. then you had, you know, like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with, you know, Aunt Viv, you know, that was still showing a family that could be doing well, that was, had, you know, two people in the household and had children, were able to help and assist. So those roles on TV began to shift and change in there, but still, it's still the same thing. If you saw, if you, mom was doing it by themselves, or you heard other women that were of a certain age saying, hey, I used to do this and this all by myself, or I didn't really have any help. I did this. So you feel like, okay, well, I need to be the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Again, these expectations. Now we have social media and that's just a whole other, that's in, in any instant you can, you know, see an image and, and kind of go down that route. I want to go back and, and uh, talk just briefly about you know, when, when kids leave the home or kids no longer need you as much, I've had conversations with moms um, that they've been like, I just thought at 45, I'd be doing this because they, they ended up staying home and kind of maybe working a side job to make a little bit of money. And now the kids don't need them. And it's also this like, you know, you feel like at 45, everything needs to come together and you've got to have this, but you, you raised your kids like that that was it. And it's a lot of work. Um, and it's, you know, if that's what you do and, and then you reach the forties and fifties and kids don't need you, like there's still opportunity out there. There really is still opportunity, but, but yeah, I just wanted to revisit yeah, It's that. not the, it's not the end. Like you don't feel like you're a failure if you spent the majority of your twenties and thirties into now mid forties in raising children and doing those things. That was a lot of work. And that was uh, something that you enjoy doing, but it's not the end. It's not like, oh, now I don't have, there's nothing else I can do. I'm too old or yeah. beating yourself up because I, I could have been doing more and not realizing the role that you did play a humongous role and how hard it is with raising kids <laughs> these days and the different challenges, some of the things that are going on now that we didn't have mm. too. And then others that are older than us that didn't have the similar challenges that are going on. So yeah. I think to say, Moms, you're out there, you're working hard, you're doing things. It is hard to do, but it is enjoyable and you don't have to totally lose yourself within wrapped up into this mom role. And guess what? You cannot have it all. Let's get out of this. Let's not obey. I can have all the things. Something's going to falter. So if you have that mindset that, oh, I can do this, this, and this, and this, something's going to break down within that. We can have a lot of things, but you don't have to have that mentality of, I got to have it all. And there's finite time. We, we only have so much time. And if you're going to do something here, you got to take time away from, from this other place. So yeah, we are both moms. We have gone through tough times. Um, tell me, Dr. Letitia, how people can, can reach you again. Okay. I want to um, leave you guys with the quote first before we wrap up. I just, this actually just popped up on my app. It was called, it says, we want to challenge you today to choose peace over perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And that is the, uh, the Exhale app. That's actually a um, app that's was started by a woman of color that has basically like stress reductions, meditations, different mantras in that really focus on being able to take that time out for you. Um, once again, thank you for joining us on this episode. You can find me at Dr. Leticia PT on Instagram. Dr. Jennifer at Regenerate.Physio and the both of us together were on the podcast and on Instagram at the Feel Better Naked podcast. Thank you all. All right. Until next time.
Hey everyone, thank you for joining us today on our Real Conversations and Journey to Feeling Better Naked. I know there are a million other things you could be doing. Sending you all the love. Check out the show notes to grab any tidbits or tools that were discussed on the episode today and be sure to subscribe. You don't want to miss next week's episode. Remember, you are enough.